You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All right, all right. Second Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Church members, look around. Make sure that everyone can see a Bible, please. 2 Kings chapter 5. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read verse 1 through 14, and I want you, as we read along, to consider, what do I get from this? What is this story teaching me? The Bible's filled with stories, not just to fill up white space with black words, but it's to teach us something. We understand an analogy, correct? An analogy is a story that we understand to explain something else that maybe we don't understand as much. Something that is true that explains something else that is also true. For instance, curiosity killed the cat. Is that a warning against cats? Or is that an analogy to teach humans, mind your business, right? Okay, so we have stories in the Old Testament. And are they just there to, oh, well, that's a really cool story, a cute, cute anecdote. Or is it, hey, if you follow the pattern of this, you will come to the same conclusion. You will come to the same consequence, right? What do you get out of this? It's a story of a man named Naaman. Here's what the Bible says about him. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Now, Naaman... Captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Syria is the enemy of Israel. The capital of Israel is Samaria. Syria comes by companies into Israel, takes captive away a bunch of people, one of them being a a young girl. Uh, the young girl is now serving in Naaman's house, this leper's house. And she says, I know of somebody back in Israel, back in my country, that could heal the master. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, thus and thus, said the, uh, thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, so now Naaman's boss says, go to, go. And I will send a letter unto the king of Israel And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel saying, now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant, uh, servant to thee that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes, little dramatic buddy, but he rent his clothes and said, am I God? to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy. Now, you need to put yourself in this king's shoes. This, this is a conquered king. The king of Israel is conquered right now, and he gets sent a servant 
of the king of the conquering nation and says, hey, he's sick. He better come back healed. What am I supposed to do? So that's why the, the, okay. All right. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him. Elisha doesn't even come to the door. Sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, angry, and he went away and said, behold, I thought he will surely come out to me. Not send a messenger to me. He would come out to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, back in Syria, back in my hometown, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, Wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean? Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. What do you get from that? What does that story teach you? I'm going to tell you what that story teaches me. And I hope it makes sense to you. Father, please bless the preaching of your word. Let it come forth clearly and boldly. If there is one here, many here, who do not know that heaven is their home, would you convict them of their need of a savior this morning? Do not let them go. And Father, the, the Christian, the, the person who is struggling with pride this morning, as this man struggled with it, let them let it go. Let them let it go and find deliverance, find relief in trusting in you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. God bless you. You stood for a long time. <clears throat> Many years ago, hell did not exist. There was a time where the flames did not burn. There was a time when the bottomless pit was not dug. There was a time when the brimstone did not reach anybody's nostrils. But the day came when a being, an angelic being named Lucifer, struck the match that lit hell, and hell has burned now ever fervently and evermore. And he struck it through the sin of pride. He said this, why can't I be like God? Why is he the one who's making all the decisions? Why is he the one that says this is right and this is wrong? I will be like the Most High. And from that moment, hell started to burn. And there are more people in hell this morning because of pride than because of any other sin. I would dare say every single person in hell today is there because of pride. You might say, well, it's because of unbelief. Certainly it is because of unbelief. But why didn't they believe? 
Let me ask you this. When I look around at the marriages today, and I'm talking about in Christianity and in the secular world, when I look around at marriages today, I would not use the word peace to describe them. Divorce is higher than it's ever been if people get married at all. Divorce is up higher than it's ever been. Right now, I am, uh, the majority of counseling that I'm doing is marriage counseling. Because people can't get along. Because you, Brother Ben, have forgotten that you are from a different planet than your wife. <laughs> now, when you first meet each other, you love that. You love that they speak a different language than you and that they're, they're different than you. You love it. And then you get married and you suffer amnesia and you forget that you're from different planets and you don't speak the same language. And now the very thing that used to attract you to each other, you can't stand about each other. I would not describe marriages right now with the word peace. I would describe them with the word contention, contention, contention. Why do you have to put your shoes there? Why don't you put, the, why don't you put this there? Why do you do this? Why do you say that? Why don't you do this? Blah, 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 blah. Back, 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 back. When I go to HEB and when I go to Walmart, if I ever go to Walmart, Lord help me when I go to Walmart. When I go to Walmart. <laughs> And I see the families. We, we went to the park yesterday. We went to Cole Park yesterday. And we, we, go, we go to the playground. If you want to see that demons are real, go to the playground at Cole Park. Because a parent, a parent will say, all right, it's time to go. No! And they run the other way. One, one kid, he had, to be, he had to be eight, nine years old crumples underneath the slide. And the parent is just staring. Oh, come on. Come, come on. Can, f kids telling their parents, I hate you. Parents telling their kids, why did we have you? Contention. Government. Oh, we're good on government. Peace. 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 <laughs> The Republicans and Democrats don't even fight as good as Republicans fight with Republicans and Democrats fight with Democrats. Contention. Nation between nation, contention. Husband and wife and fathers and kids and employees and employers, contention. Church members, contention. You know what the Bible says? Only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride cometh contention. Wherever you find contention, wherever you find argument, you find pride. Pride is a problem. Pride is the leading cause of spiritual death in our world. Pride can be described in these three ways. First of all, pride is thinking of yourself higher than you are. Pride is thinking of yourself higher than you are. That's what Lucifer did. He was very high up in the chain. He walked on the stones of fire in the presence of God. But he said, I want to be more. I should be more. I think I'm more. That's pride. Peter. Peter thought of himself too highly when he rebuked the Lord. Not so, Lord. 
Not so, Lord. Look, if he's Lord, you can't say not so. If you can say not so, he's, he's not Lord. Not so, Lord. And, and Jesus says this, get thee behind me, who? Satan. Satan. I've dealt with this before. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a great king. But one day he said, look at what I've done. Look at all that I have done. And God warned him. God warned him. He said, son, you haven't done anything. You haven't done anything. And if you say that one more time, if you say one more time, I'm going to take your kingdom from you. And he lasted. He lasted for a bit. But then I think it was, I, I can't, I think it was 10 years later or something like that. It was a long time later. The Bible says before he even got it out of his mouth, before he even got it out of his mouth, he lost his mind. God took, took the kingdom from him. Pride is thinking, thinking of yourself higher than you are. Pride is also this. Pride is wanting others to think of you highly. You see this with, uh, with Saul, the Old Testament king. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands, and he hated that. I want the people to praise me. David had killed more than him, but he wanted other people to think of him highly. That's pride. Who else do we have this with? Absalom. Absalom, oh, oh I, wish, I wish I could be the king. I, I, and he turned the hearts of the people toward him. He was a politician. I want you to, to see me as your leader. See me as your savior. You lift me up. That's pride. When you care about what other people think of you so much, just two weeks ago, an invitation. If you don't know what invitation is, we, we, the, the end of our service, a preaching service, we bow our heads, we close our eyes, and we invite people to make a decision, an invitation. If, you're, if we're not making a decision after preaching, preaching isn't happening. That's right. It's just teaching at that point. Preaching is supposed to bring you to a point of decision. And I ask people, who will make a decision for Christ today? Who will come to him? Who, who, will, who will be saved? Who will trust in Jesus today? And I had a couple sitting over here. I had a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, sitting over here. And that man, the entire time I was preaching, was just zoned in. Zoned in. A couple times did the... God was speaking to him. And he, he wanted, you could tell, he was struggling. And I, and I looked over at him, and he looked over at the girl. And the girl did this. And he was done. You know why? He cared more about what the girl thought about him than what Jesus knew about him. And, and unless that young man comes to a point of decision again where he swallows his pride, he'll burn because of it. Pride is wanting other people to think of you highly. Pride is also this. And if you have ever worked one day in the secular world, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Pride is automatically believing your way is best just because you're you. You ever met that person? Oh, yeah, you work with that person. And I could say, and his name is, and you would say it out. Now, sometimes your way is best because of experience or whatever. I'm not talking about that. Pride is automatically believing that your way is best just because you're you. Not because of experience, but because of opinion. I'm me, so this is best. It's my way or the highway. My opinion is indispensable. 
That's pride. That's why the Bible, when the Bible talks about Jesus, the Bible talks about Jesus, he says this, let, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. I don't need people to think highly of me. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. He brought himself lower than he really was. And then he also says this, you need to esteem everybody else higher than yourself. You need to esteem everybody else better than yourself. It's not my opinion. It's not my way. It's what do the people think? And that's what Jesus did. And that's what we need to do. But we don't do that. We've got pride. Naaman, we just read a story about a man being healed from his leprosy. Yes, but he almost didn't. He was this close to walking away because of his stinking pride. Yeah, leprosy was a problem. Leprosy was killing him. Pride was condemning him. Leprosy was dragging him to the grave. Pride was dragging him to hell. And he almost missed it. And this story is an analogy. This story is a mirror of you and I. I see myself in Naaman. For 13 years, I fought against God's way. 13 years. Some of you can say for blank years, I, I fought against God's way. Some of you still are. Some of you still are. You're thinking of yourself higher than you are. You want other, pe you, you want other people to think highly of you, so you will not lower yourself to come to Jesus. What would other people say? Who cares? Apparently you do. Apparently you care. And so do a bunch of other people who are burning this morning. Or you think your way is best. And, and that's exactly what was happening to this man. Now, why am I preaching this? Well, let me ask, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Uh, the, the very first week... Oh. The very first week we were in Texas, Dad, you remember coming down? We went to the National Seashore. We've got to see the National Seashore. So we go there, and they're all at the water, and the water's boring. Once you see the water, you've seen the water. Every, all, all the time your family comes down, they say, oh, if I were here, I'd be at the water every day. And you're like, you forget that it's here after like a week. But we were going, and they were all at the water, but I wanted to walk. I just wanted to walk along, and, you know, I'm walking along the beach and everything, thinking of what it's going to mean to me to be a Texan and, and all of that, trying to wrap my, my head around that. And then I go, back into the, I go back into the weeds or the whatever they are, plants. The what? Dunes. The dunes, sure. <laughs> and I go back up there, and I'm, and I'm walking along, and something catches my eye. What is that? Three feet? Three feet. That's a rattlesnake. <laughs> and everything about me just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Chicago, okay? The only rattlesnake I see is behind a glass where you can like. <laughs> and that thing's right there and it's just staring at me. 
I gave it its space. I walked away and I didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anybody. Saw a little kid walking up to the dunes, said nothing. Kid got bitten by a rattlesnake, died. Whose fault? Mine. Mine. Of course I told somebody. Of course I told somebody. There's death, there's death right there. There's death right there. Somebody needs to warn somebody. Don't go up there. I told the park rangers. They came out and they took care of it. If you see somebody driving a car 100 miles an hour towards where you know the bridge is out, are you not going to tell them, stop? Are you not going to tell them, don't go that way? Are you not going to tell them, turn around or you will be destroyed? And the Bible says this, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And when I see a bunch of people who are living in pride, lifting themselves up against God, I'm going to stand up in this pulpit and say, stop, stop, stop going that way. You are going to end up destroyed. Otherwise, what kind of a preacher am I? Oh, no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Keep driving. You'll, you'll make it over. Whoever goes off the edge, that's my fault. That's my fault. And God told Ezekiel that. God said, I have set thee as a watchman in the tower. And if the watchman sees that the enemy is coming and the watchman says nothing, whoever dies, it's the watchman's fault. But if the watchman stands up and says, we're being invaded, get your weapons, get your shields, get your swords, get your spears, let's go to battle. And you say, oh, nah. Anyone who dies at that point, that's on you. So I'm giving you the warning of what pride will do to you. And here's the message. Keep your pride, keep your disease. You can keep your pride if you want, but you will keep your disease. Now notice how much we have in common with this man. Notice how much we have in common. You see verse 1? They all start with the letter D, by the way. I'm so proud of myself. Whoop. Just wanted to see if you were pay, paying attention. It was AI. AI did it for me. His dignity. Do you see his dignity? Can I put it this way? This man had a lot to be proud of. He was captain of the host of Syria. He was a man of authority. When he spoke, people listened. What he said went. He was under, he was under nobody but the king. Oh, and by the way, he was a great man with his master, the Bible says. He was a man of influence. He had friends in high places. If he got in trouble, he could appeal to the king. He had a lot going for him. The Bible also says this. He was uh, honored. Is that the word? He was honored. Honorable. Honorable because of all his accomplishments. Now, stop, stop, time out. Because of all his accomplishments? No, the Bible says he was honorable because the Lord... Because the Lord let him accomplish what he accomplished. But he thought, it's me. It's me. I did it. It's because of my leadership. It's because of my authority. It's because of my military prowess. And he did have military prowess. He was a mighty man of valor, the Bible says. If you want to know what that means, that wasn't just something that was given to every soldier. That was like the Congressional Medal of Honor. The scriptural medal of honor was only given to call somebody a mighty man of valor meant if it was you against him, you're gone. There's another man called a mighty man of valor. He came up against a giant. He took 
the giant's spear from him and killed the giant with his own spear. Mighty man of valor. There's another man who, when it was snowing, oh Lord, please let it be, when it was snowing, comes across a pit. Somebody had set a trap for an animal and a lion had fallen down into it. I don't know if it was a dare. I don't know if he just wasn't, I, I, I don't get it. But the Bible says he jumped into the pit with the lion and slew the lion. Mighty man of valor? Yeah, I'd say so. That's Naaman. That's whom Naaman is. Another one, him against 800, and he beat the 800. Right. Mighty man of valor. Right. Yeah. That's who Naaman was. He had so much going for him. But, but, you see it? His disease? But he was a leper. He had so much going for him, so much to be proud of, but he had a disgusting, contagious, malignant, horrifying disease. And it doesn't matter how much influence you have with the king. You can't be in the king's presence while you're a leper. It doesn't matter how much military prowess you have. You can't fight a battle while you're a leper. And it doesn't matter how much people honor you. You're not going to receive any of that honor. You can't go out in public when you're a leper. So do you see his dilemma? His dilemma was this. He had all this going for him. I mean, just, just you could stack up all of his accomplishments, all the things he had going for him. If, if, if he was today, he had more degrees after his name than a thermometer. <laughs> he had all this. I did this, and I have this, and I possess this, and I have this, and this, and this, and this, and this. But he was a leper. And here was his dilemma. His disease undid everything that he had going for him. Now I want you to think of yourself, especially in America. We have so much going for us. I was, I was walking out this morning, walking from this building to that building, and I saw some of the cars outside. Some of the cars that you drive are nicer than my first apartment. It's crazy. Some of your cars drive themselves. They, they, like they do everything but clip your toenails while you're driving. I look at you, you're dressed nicely. You have degrees. You have so much going for you. You, you work well. You have, you have friends in high places. You're, you're honored and you're respected by man. Maybe you have a, a place of authority in your work and what you say goes, and that's great, but, but, you're a sinner. But you're a sinner. And the problem is, your sin undoes. Your sin negates everything that you have going for you. Now, you can try to say, I'm sure what Naaman said at the beginning, it's not that bad, it's not that bad. Just put some makeup on it. Let's just ignore that it's there. But sin spreads. It always gets worse. And the point came where Naaman had to realize it doesn't matter how much I have going for me. Everything is being undone by this stinking disease. And a bunch of people are going to stand before God someday and they're going to say, look at all I have going for me. And he's going to push it all off the table and say, it's all undone because of your disease. So what do you, what, the, the Bible says this, the Bible says this. Am I boring you, son? Am I boring you? Pay attention. You wouldn't do that at an Avengers movie. You're not going to do it while I'm preaching. You wouldn't do that in school either. Your teacher would get on you. That's the fifth time you've yawned. Pay attention. 
Don't get mad. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at him. Get, get mad at me. Sure, go ahead. Your preacher wouldn't do that. It's fine. The Bible says this: For all have sinned and come short. For all have sinned and come short of heaven, short of the glory of God. You have so much going for you, but your sin always keeps you short. It always keeps you just a little bit away. So, what do you think his desire was? What do you think his desire was? Come on, you're all quiet because daddy yelled at somebody. It's okay. What, what is his desire? To be healed. To be healed. To be healed. Naaman, we have a million dollars for you. I don't want a million dollars. Naaman, we have more honor for you. What good is it going to do me? Naaman, we have a battle. I can't fight it. Naaman, you have influence with the king. What does that matter? Everything is being negated because of my disease. I want to be healed. So then, he's told, there's someone who can heal you. His direction. He was directed. There's somebody who can heal you. And I, I, I love this. Look in chapter 5, verse 5. The king of Syria said, go to, go and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And Naaman departed. Looks like he didn't wait. He departed. Oh, and by the way, from Damascus to Jerusalem is 150 miles. And they didn't have cars back then. If he's going on foot, this is taking two weeks. Now we know that he has horses and chariots. One week. This is a one-week journey. And he leaves immediately for it, 150 miles. And he brings with him what? Ten talents of silver. You know how much that is in today's money? $850,000. Oh, and 6,000 pieces of gold. You know how much that is? $3 million. And some garments. I don't know how much that's worth. It depends on where you get it from. <laughs> but you know what I see Naaman is saying? I don't care how far I need to go. I don't care how much I need to pay. I will, I will go wherever I need to go. I will go into enemy territory. I will go wherever I need to go. I will pay whatever I need to pay. I just want to be healed. Now, that's a, that's a good mindset. That is a good mindset. And until you have that mindset, until you have that mindset, you will never be healed. As long as you will live in your sin, as long as you can live in your sin, you will. You have got to come to the point where you say, I will go wherever I need to go. I will do whatever I need to do. That's when the people in the New Testament, what they say, what must I do? What must I do? They have the right mindset. Let me ask you this. Could Jesus tell you anything? And would you listen and obey if it meant you could be forgiven? Could Jesus tell you anything? And if your answer is no, then you will keep your disease. Could Jesus come and say, Ben, if you want to be forgiven, you are going to walk on your hands and knees to New York, and I will save you. Would you look back at him and say, forget it. Then, okay, fine. Then you'll keep your disease. But if the healer says, this is what you need to do, would you do it? Naaman didn't know what he was going to say, but he prepared himself. I'll go wherever I need to go. I'll do whatever I'll need to do. I will bring as much money as I need to bring. And if he says, pay all of it and go back and get more, I'll do it. I just want to be healed. 
Could Jesus tell you anything? If he told you, join the church and you'll be saved, would you join the church? Or would you say, oh, no, 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 I, I, grew, up, I grew up another denomination and my family. All right, then you'll keep your disease. If he told you, take a pilgrimage to Mecca, would you do it? The Muslims do. If he told you, keep the sacraments, keep the commandments, keep this, keep that, keep that, keep that, would you do it? Plenty of people do. Would you do whatever Jesus told you to do if it meant that you could be healed? And you need to come to the point where you say, yes, yes, Lord, yes. Whatever you say, whatever it costs me, whatever I need to do, I will do it. And that was his, that was his idea. Well, guess what? He shows up, he knocks on the door, and the prophet doesn't even come. He sends a messenger. And he says this, go and dip seven times in the Jordan River, which, by the way, is a little dirty. It's a little dirty. That wasn't his main problem with it, but it's a little dirty. Go and dip seven times in the Jordan River and you will be clean. Close. Now, up to this point, the main problem has been his disease. But the main problem is about to become his pride. His defiance. Naaman says, Absolutely not. I, I won't do that. Here, here's what I thought. That's what he says. You see it? Behold, I thought. If I were God, this is how I would heal me. Doesn't that prophet know who I am? I'm the captain of the host of Syria. I'm, I'm a great man with my master. I'm honorable in front, of ev in front of everybody. And I'm a mighty man of valor. I thought he would come out to me. Doesn't he know who I am? I thought he would come out to me and he would stand and he would add some drama to it. He would stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and clap his hand over the place. Add some drama, add some flair to it. <laughs> and recover the leper. Pay attention, boys. <laughs> I mean, how ridiculous. But I, he had this in his mind. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but because it didn't happen my way, because it wasn't done, my, remember what pride is? Pride is thinking of yourself too highly. Doesn't he know who I am? Pride is wanting to think other, other people to think of you. Doesn't he know who I am? And pride is immediately believing that your way is best just because you're you. Behold, I thought this is what he would do. And the same man, the same man, Brother John, who traveled 150 miles at least a week the same man who brought over $3 million and was willing to pay it in order to be healed, walks away. Walks away angry because it wasn't how he thought it should go. Isn't that a little foolish? How much more foolish how much more foolish when a sinner, are you following? How much more foolish when a sinner 
finally realizes my sin is undoing me. My sin is taking me to hell. And so you hear of a savior. You hear of a healer. And so you come to church or you read online or you read your Bible. And he says this, believe, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you hear that, you say, no. No. Here's how I thought it would work. I thought I would need to be baptized. I thought I would need to go to church. I thought I would need to keep the Ten Commandments. I thought I would need to keep the sacraments. I thought I would need to confess my sins to another sinner. I thought I would need to do this. I thought I would need to do that. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. And because it's not that way, I ain't going to do it. Keep your pride. Keep your disease. Keep your pride. Keep your disease. You either do it God's way or you do it no way at all. And even though God made you, he will never make you do anything. His delusion. All right, we're following now. So his dignity had so much going for him. His disease. And his dilemma was that his disease undid all of his dignity. He had a desire. And at one point he said, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll pay anything. I just want to be healed. But then he defied the way that he was told because it didn't, because here's what it was. It was too easy and it was too beneath him. Too easy, too simple, and too beneath me. I mean, if dipping is all it takes, why Jordan? Can I dip in a cleaner river? Do you know who I am? Captain the host of Syria, I'm going to get in Jordan. Ridiculous. And he goes away. Here's what his servants say. He was deluded. He, his, his delusion his servants say, Master, you just traveled 150 miles. Master, you brought th over $3 million with you, and you were willing to pay it. And if the prophet would have asked you to do something huge, wouldn't you have done it? Wouldn't you have done it? If he would have told you, walk back, don't ride back, walk back on your hands, wouldn't you have done it? If he would have said, pay me the three million, give me the garments, but I don't like them in this color and that's not my size. Go back and have them custom made for me. Wouldn't you have done it? How much more? Shouldn't you be happy that it's easy? Master, shouldn't you be happy that it's easy? Why are you overcomplicating it? Isn't it so much better that he just said, wash and be clean? Isn't that a good thing? His decision. All right, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to dip according to the saying of the man of God. His disinfection. Smoother than a baby. You know how I take that? Like his disease never happened. Not one scar, not one sign of the battles that he had been in, everything gone in a moment because he swallowed his pride and he obeyed the Lord. But we have people 
I want to be forgiven. And religion comes and says, all right, here's what you need to do. You have a pen and paper? First of all, you need to join the church, and then you need to give money, and then you need to be baptized, and then you need to do the sacraments, and then you need to keep the Ten Commandments, and you need to follow the Golden Rule, and you need to do, 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 do. And people buy it. People buy it. They buy it. But the, Bible, but the Bible and the man of God says, no, 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 no. It's much simpler than that. It's much simpler than that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the same people who are willing to do whatever and pay whatever and accept whatever, won't accept that because it's too easy and too beneath them. Keep your pride, keep your disease. Nobody who ever breathes heaven's air breathes it through nostrils of pride. Anybody who comes to Jesus, because we need grace in order to go to heaven, don't we? For by grace are we saved through faith. That's what the Bible says. Not of works, not of works, not of works, not of works. Which, by the way, look, keep on reading, keep on reading. Even after he was healed, he goes back to the prophet and says, what can I pay you? What can I pay you? And the prophet says, this wasn't about payment. This isn't a transaction. This was a gift, buddy. This was a gift. And the moment you pay for it, the moment it's not a gift anymore. Just enjoy your healing and go home. Amen. What a picture of Jesus Christ. When he said, it sounds too easy. Do you know why it's easy? Do you know why it's easy? Because Jesus made it hard on himself. Yeah. That is the only reason it's easy. It sounds too simple. It's simple for you, but it wasn't simple for him. It was not simple for him. He had to leave heaven. He had to be despised and rejected. He had to be slapped by the same hands that he created. He had, to be, he had to be nailed to a cross for the tree that he planted. He had to be spat upon by the lungs that he created and he formed. And he had to hang naked on a cross for six hours until it was done. Oh, and by the way, he said it's done. He said it's done. It is finished. That's the last thing that he said. And he didn't say it as a, as a defeated victim. It is finished. The Bible says after six hours, he cried with a loud voice. I think the Roman soldier next to him jerked. It is finished. And he gave up the ghost. So if it's finished, why are you still trying to do stuff? If it's finished, why are you still trying to do stuff? That is a slap in the face to Jesus Christ. I don't believe you're enough. I don't believe you're enough. Pride. Keep your pride. Keep your disease. So what is it? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want grace to be shed on your account? The Bible says this. In three different areas, God resists the proud. He resists the proud. That is an active opposition. Brother Ben, come, come up to me. Come up to me. Try to get close to me. Try to get close to me. Resists. No, nope, absolutely not. Oh, God would never do that. God resists 
the proud. No, 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 no. Is that how you want God to treat you? He gives grace to the humble. Now, don't bow to me. Go. <laughs> he gives grace to the humble. If it cost a million dollars to go to heaven, would you pay it? To be in heaven for all of eternity? To have all of your sins, all of your sins forgiven? All of them. Every stupid thought, the worst thing that you've ever done, the worst thing that you've ever thought, the worst thing that you ever sneaked that nobody else knows about, but God knows about it, to have that taken off of your record? If it cost a million dollars, would you not scrimp and save and do whatever you could? Would you not beg and borrow and steal in order to make that happen? If religion was the way, you've got to do this and do this and do this, would you not do it? Yes, you would. Plenty of people do. Would you not believe? Isn't it a good thing that it's easy? Isn't it a good thing that it's simple? How much more when the Lord says, believe on me, believe on me, trust in me, take me at my word. I will save you if you trust me. Stop trusting yourself. How much more should we believe that? Thank God for the simplicity of the gospel. God help the religions and the preachers that make it complicated. Last thing, his discovery. You know what he discovered? God's way is better. God's way is better. And you are going to find that same thing. The moment that you bow your head and you trust in him and you say, Lord, I'm I'm taking it all off me and I'm believing in you. Your way, your way, your way, not mine. He goes up to your record and he erases it clean like it never happened. Some of you right now, if Jesus were to walk in the room, you would say, hey, do you remember when I said that this morning? He would say, yes, I do. And I remember when you said it last week, too. And I remember when you laughed at that joke two weeks ago. And I remember when you said this. And I remember when you did that. And I remember when you watched it. I remember it all. I have it written in a book. It cannot be forgotten. But some of you have trusted in him. And you could go up to him and say, Lord, you remember when I did that? And he'd say, no. I don't see it. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? The Bible says this, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who shall lay anything? Who shall condemn? God justifies. Who shall condemn? God's way is just so much better. And this can be applied in so many different ways, can't it? It can be applied in so many different ways. Some of you, your disease, many of you, your disease, I don't know how many. I don't know how many. If, how many are in here who don't know that they're going to heaven? And I hope this message sunk into you. But right now, some of you, your disease is your sin. Your disease is your sin. And the Bible simply says this. Come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. I will save you if you trust in me. And you can look back and say no, but if you keep your pride, you'll keep your disease. Some of you, your disease is you have kids who are 
crazy all over the place. You have no control over your kids or you have no control over your finances. You have no control over your ministry. And, and, and God says, hey, why don't you try my way of child rearing? Why don't you try my way of finances? Why don't you try my way of this? And you look back and say, no, keep your pride, keep your disease. Some of you, you're addicted. You're addicted. You're addicted to drugs. You're addicted to pornography. You're addicted to drinking. You're, you're, addicted, to, you're addicted to your phone. You're addicted to social media. And it's dragging you down. That is your disease. And God says, if you do that my way, I'll give you victory over it. No, I'm going to do things my way. Pride. Keep your pride. Keep your disease. We can go on and on and on and on. But this morning, I want to know, is sin your disease? If you were to go to heaven right now, are, is, are your sins forgiven or are they still there on your account? Because may I remind you, if there is just one sin on your account, you will go to hell. He says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I don't know if I believe that. Keep your pride. Keep your disease. Won't you come to him? He made it so simple. He made it so simple. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.